Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Black Fashion History. I am your host, Taniqua Russ, and thank you for joining the podcast that teaches you everything you need to know about the contributions of Black people all around the world to luxury fashion. I hope your week has been exceptional, and if not, maybe learning some cool Black fashion history tidbits today will lift your spirits and at least take you into the weekend where you can really relax. So today I'm gonna be talking all about wax prints, the African-ish textile, and how it changed the face of luxury and the landscape of fashion. So we're just gonna hop into it, no questions asked, no announcements given, just meat and bones. So I call wax prints the African-ish textile because it's something that we closely relate to African clothing. It's always the bright colors, the patterns on that um, cotton material that's wax printed on. We associate that with various African countries, specifically West African countries. However, wax prints did not originate in Africa. However, much of what we see regarding wax prints and what most people refer to as African prints was created in Africa. And when major brands borrow the use of wax prints, they are typically inspired by the creations of Western Africa. So during the Dutch colonization of Indonesia in the 19th century, the Dutch were introduced to batik, which is a handmade wax-resistant dyeing technique that created these beautiful patterns. It's similar to tie-dye, not exactly, but tie-dye is the best way I can describe it to give you a visualization. And many sources attribute the origin of batik prints to Indonesia. In 1846, in Helmand, which is a region in the Netherlands, a Dutch man named Van Vlissinger discovered, meaning stumbled upon, or it was his first introduction to it, he quote unquote discovered a way to mass produce and replicate the handmade batik based on Indonesian designs that Dutchmen would bring back to the Netherlands from their conquest in Indonesia. And this was like the first concept of wax print because this mass produced printing method was known as Dutch wax or wax hollandaise. So Dutchmen would print these um, wax designs inspired by Indonesian batik and they would take it back to Indonesia to kind of sell the counterfeit cloth. However, you know, it flopped. There wasn't really a market there for it. People aren't interested in buying it because they handmade the fabric um, and they have the original designs and the original quality. The counterfeit batik, aka the Dutch wax, would crackle and the Indonesians were not feeling that at all. Again, they handmade their designs, which was better quality and visually presented better than the Dutch wax. So around the same time that the Dutch colonized Indonesia, they also colonized Ghana. And many Ghanaian soldiers served in the military, causing them to travel to the Dutch East Indies 
which also included the islands of Indonesia. So when the Indonesians rejected the counterfeit batik, the Dutch changed their target audience essentially to the Ghanaians and Ghana was the first African country to be introduced to the Dutch wax. Boats traveling from Indonesia to Europe would stop in African ports along the way to refuel and people would purchase supplies and then they'd also start selling those fabrics. The wax prints started becoming really popular in Ghana. Ghanaian soldiers would take the Dutch wax back to their wives or their sisters. And so Dutchmen started creating wax prints to reflect Ghanaian cultures. So they started incorporating the bright colors and different symbols that we would see often in West African imagery. By 1930, the Dutch ceded Ghana to the United Kingdom and wax print started spreading from Ghana to other parts of Africa, mainly West African countries. It was so popular that by the 20th century, other colonizers like England, France, and Switzerland started producing their own versions of wax print fabric. So that caused the Dutch company started by Van Vlissinger to start stamping their wax with the term authentic Dutch wax, which is kind of oxymoronic because authentic Dutch wax is counterfeit batik. So if you've ever purchased wax print, you will see that it has like a sticker on it that says like authentic Dutch wax or authentic wax print. And that sticker is so hard to get off. That's the purpose of it. Fast forward all the way to today, wax prints are now mostly manufactured in Holland by Vlisco, which is the company that was started by Van Vlissinger. Uh, however, many local artisans in African countries like Ghana, Togo, they make wax prints by hand because then they can incorporate their culture, their colors and symbols that are unique to the culture to create wax prints that do not look like counterfeit batik but represents more of Africa. Then of course wax print, also known as Ankara, moved into the American fashion scene. In the 1960s it was often used as a symbol of blackness, not even in the 1960s but today honestly we use it as a symbol of blackness but specifically during that 1960s period the black power movement really was a catalyst for people to connect with their African culture um, and that encouraged them to wear different types of wax prints slash Ankara and also kente as a representation of their heritage. In many ways, it was viewed by mainstream media, i.e. white people, as being some sort of act of rebellion, and it was generally considered unacceptable as most of our cultural things are. However, in the 21st century, a wave of non-black luxury designers were using wax prints and creating collections heavily influenced by Ankara. So I don't know if you all remember, but brands like Boxing Kidding, uh, Gwen Stefani's Lamb brand uh, had a wax print collection or a wax print inspired collection in 2011. Burberry, um, their resort collection of 2012 was heavily inspired by African wax prints. Um, Stella McCartney, Louis Vuitton, 
Valentino, Marc Jacobs, Moschino, all of them had Ankara slash wax print inspired collections or collections that incorporated those prints. Of course, those collections excluded any African people. There were not African models, designers, consultants, or anything like that. And at the point of the 21st century, wax print had evolved so much from just being a counterfeit of an Indonesian fabric and into something that was truly unique to African cultures. As I stated before, while it was founded in a sense by the Dutch, African peoples really made it their own by changing the colors to reflect the bright colors that are associated with Africa, incorporating symbols um, that represented African culture. And so now the cloth even looks completely different than what it did in its beginning stages. So that is uniquely African. African people, black people created wax print to be what it is today. So to produce a collection that does not tap those people is not only strange, but quite disrespectful. In 2019, Dior showed its Cruise 2020 collection and opened another floodgate as it relates to Ankara and wax print. So it was the brand's first destination fashion show and it happened in Morocco. And they hailed the country of Morocco as the leader in African fashion, while also creating a collection using wax prints. They did tap black brands to collab with like Wales Bronners and they consulted with African brands and fashion insiders, specifically African influencers and fashion insiders because they want to make sure that they were appreciating culture instead of appropriating culture. However, many people did not see it the same way, meaning cultural appreciation, because of wax prints, very tricky history of being African-ish. Many people, Africans in particular, do not see wax print as a part of the culture. So creating a collection to celebrate African culture and celebrate all of the innovation on the African fashion scene, it seems odd to some people to include wax print, which isn't 100% representative of African culture in people's opinions. That's why many African luxury brands and designers refuse to use wax print. So brands like Macchio, Lawrence Airline, Walls of Benin, all of them don't use wax prints. They choose instead to incorporate more indigenous textiles to represent the cultures of their countries instead of wax print, which is something that is steeped in colonization. It's not only representative of the colonization of Africa, but it's also an illustration of colonizers stealing one's culture because essentially it was created to be a ripoff of the Indonesian batik fabric. Now, in contrast, you have other African luxury designers and brands that feel like Ankara slash wax print is a representation of their culture. So luxury Ghanaian brand like Christy Brown uses wax print heavily because again, there is a piece of the fabric that's no longer contributed to its 
colonized roots but has become a part of Africa due to the contributions of African people to make it what it is today. Whichever way you lean on the subject, just know that wax print wouldn't be what it is today without the influence of African people. And that's it guys. Thanks again for tuning into another episode of Black Fashion History. If you love what you learned, make sure to share this on your favorite social media platform and follow us over on Instagram at Black Fashion History Podcast. If you want to know more information about our previous episodes, check out my sources for each episode, make sure to head over to blackfashionhistory.com. And most importantly, I I want to see you back next week enjoying another Black Fashion installment. Bye-bye.